Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Jamie King. She is the owner of Flex and Flow PDX, which is originally Fit Approach. She opened back in 2011, and she's been working alongside her cousin, who their business partners and have grown this entire fitness online community, but it sounds like they also do stuff in person. But today we're not talking about mm-hmm. yoga or fitness at all. In fact, Mm-mm. no, we're talking about company culture and how to establish it based on, I don't know who you are as an actual human being, mm-hmm. how you can easily integrate it into your business and probably what you're already starting to do right now and how you can establish and maintain company culture. Even when you're doing virtual events or have a virtual team, a tiny team, a big team, it doesn't really matter. We even share kind of how our own evolution of identifying our company culture and what some of our own business values are. So you get a little sneak peek behind that. This one's pretty good. So give this one a listen. Let us know what you think. Hey, Jamie, welcome to the show. Hi, ladies. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have this conversation of company culture today. I feel like it's something we've kind of alluded to in a couple of different episodes here when we've been figuring out I think mostly when we talk about our love for the book Traction, when we have figured out some company values, some things that we hold near and dear to how we run and run, want to run our business. But I feel like it's still kind of been, and Abby can maybe share her take on how she feels our current company culture is. But I feel like it's one of those things that maybe to me, like never feels like it's checked. Like it's not a box that maybe you can really check. And so that's I think maybe been my hang up about it, but I know you have some techniques that you want to share today. And I, I, I think now is a really, really important time for small business owners, no matter how many people you really have to really have these conversations. Abby, what is your pulse on our company culture currently? Well, I don't know. I think it's kind of always growing and evolving. And I think for a long time, we just like, let it be what it was. I think now we try to give it more direction and, I definitely want it to be easygoing, relaxed, but also like independent. So like get your, get your shiz done. I trust you. Uh-huh. I'm a trust first. And then if we need to like pull reins back, we will. But I don't know. I think it's an interesting kind of approach, but I'd love to hear more about how it's worked for you. Like you're a yoga instructor and you you own this athletic company and like... It's all about fitness. And I imagine, are you working like with other instructors virtually or like, how are you creating this culture inside your company? Yeah, sure. All great questions. So I own a a yoga and fitness business. It's really Mm -hmm. a yoga and fitness community. 
flex and flow. And so I work with a lot of different people every single day, um, from instructors to community members and beyond. And our instructors, yes, they are teaching virtually still. So I'm still managing and working with all of them through all of this, you know, strange time. Um, And I think what I've really learned as sort of developing a company culture and sort of maintaining it and evolving it is that you really have to create something that aligns with your core values and then really stick to that. Yes. I don't think we realized that until like two years in. We we're just, like, I don't know why that it didn't, because it seems really obvious, like when you say it or like when we come from it now, but it wasn't until we, so we read the book Traction. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Our listeners are familiar with us hyping that book up because it changed a lot about our processes and just kind of ways that we thought about our business. But a part of that was defining your companies. Do they call it values within there? Mm-hmm. In the book, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just defining your brand's values, your your company's values, and really then hiring based off of that, but kind of like your non-negotiables. And so I love that it's like intertwined also into like, okay, but like, what is your company actually? So do you have any cool techniques for people to I don't help identify what those could be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for us, and I, I can kind of talk about a little bit, <laughs> we, we just went through a big rebrand ourselves. Yeah which we had started working on last year. And then it sort of launched right in the midst of all of this craziness. And, you know, it was just a strange timing for something like that. So I can kind of talk about that a little bit because I realized that, you know, you sort of have to start from somewhere and then it's a lot of trial and error to define what's most important and then the things that maybe you don't need. And through our rebrand, I think that really stood out for me a lot because our brand has always been about community. It's sort of like the big why behind everything we do, like why we're here, what it's what we do. It's why we want everyone to be a part of it. And then I think with the current timing, we saw a lot of things that just, we weren't really shouting our why very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were realizing like our core values got kind of lost and sort of the noise of everything else that we do. And so I think, you know, with the rebrand and Black Lives Matter movement gaining a lot of traction, we realized like we weren't being loud enough with our mm-hmm. core values. And so I think that was like a big lesson for us is to really see like where you're weak and then maybe like step it up and, you know, really say like, this is what we really stand for. Like these are our core tenants and not to let those get lost, which I think it's easy to do just because Mm -hmm. you sort of get into the, like the rhythm of the everyday or like the really tactical stuff, (laughs) the weeds, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like we sort of lost it a little bit. And not that this is a strategy, but I think a rebrand was for us a way to sort of pull back and say like, hey, actually our culture needs to better align with this and we need to be bolder about it. And so aside from a full rebrand, I think steps you can take are like sort of having those internal audits or like internal touch points, making sure that you like revisit your mission statement and say like, are we actually communicating these things inside of our company and also externally to our customers? our clients and whoever um, else you might be serving. I find that a lot of times where I see people struggle with this is they're, they're building a business and they're starting out small. Many of the people listening to our podcast run a very lean team. Mm -hmm. And the idea of developing a culture feels kind of second nature to them because they're like, well, I'm just hiring a contractor and they kind of just do what they do. And I hired them for a task and that it is what it is. And I, guys fell into the same trap where I thought I can't really have one because 
I'm not really their boss. I like hire them for a project. I like there's, there are literal laws about how much you can like have insight over how these people act, behave, show up, blah, blah, blah. All of that being said, it doesn't mean you can't lead with your values. It doesn't mean you can't showcase them in various ways, both in attitude, approach, how you project manage. Like, I think there's a lot of ways it can fit in, even if you don't have employees, even if you're all virtual. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where people get stuck. So how did you add that on when you're not necessarily all in the same location. You're not like walking into an office and you create a quote culture. Like you have like the signs on the wall. That's like teamwork is what we believe in. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's having that prominent messaging throughout. So all of your external communications really including what you come back to in terms of what a core value is so that if somebody isn't aligned with it, you know, they're seeing that it's in their face. Every, everything that goes out from like your newsletter to your social media posts, to your emails, to clients, sort of having those things that are very externally facing. I think it sort of just fosters that culture, that alignment with what you stand for. Um, because the people who want to work with you are going to see that and continue to work with you. And I feel like those that don't, they'll sort of naturally self-select over time. And so I think for us, it was really like, you know, I, I, re, I we had the, the rebrand that just sort of happened at this time, like I said, and I, you know, I know that's not, and it takes a long time and not everybody. <laughs> Everyone in, go do a rebrand. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. But I think just having that sort of internal audit and sort of checking out, like saying like, are we communicating this? Is it displayed in a prominent place? And are we saying it in an effective way? So Mm -hmm. for us, one of those messages that I feel like got kind of muddled over the last few years was, you know, the celebration of community. And for us, that meant like we celebrate everybody, all body shapes, all skin tones, abilities, types of movement, um, sexualities, diverse identities. And we didn't want that to feel muddied or like not very clear. And so it took us that rebrand and just refreshing all of our external comms, our social media platforms to be like, oh yeah, let's show up and really show off that this is who we are and Mm -hmm. and not let ourselves sort of get muddied throughout the process. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. I, I think I love that because I feel like a lot of people think that Okay. Identifying our business values and kind of figuring out our company culture is a description we can write up on a Google doc and we can know what it is and be done with it. And in reality, like you guys are already establishing what your company culture is with the words that you're using on social media, the graphics Mm -hmm. that you're using, the stock images that you're using, the brand colors that you're using. All of that to me is all of your company culture, like in one big, huge bubble. It's not Mm -hmm. just one like mission statement. And I think that as consumers, like if we switch from the side of not being, you know, bosses and in our own brand, we have seen companies fall apart (laughs) this year because they'll say one thing, but act another, or they aren't addressing anything. And then they come out in this completely left field way that you just weren't expecting. And it's that disconnect, no matter what the message is about, Abby and I have talked before about, it's been a while since we shared this story, but very early on in our business, we were going to like collaborate with someone and this person, her brand is adorable. I don't even know if she's actually still in business, but it was adorable. It was so bright. It was so cheerful. It was so poppy, like truly, truly fell in love with it. We got on a zoom. I don't even know was around back then, like a Google hangout with her or something. And it was like, 
I don't, we were talking to a mole. Like it was just the weirdest disconnect from this bright, poppy, amazing brand. She's like so quiet, so, so quiet. timid, so like uncomfortable and awkward and Not like confident. It was so weird. And so we both, Abby and I hopped off the phone like, yeah, we're not doing that. Like, I don't know what just happened. I don't know who that was because that's not who I've fallen in love with on the Mm -hmm. internet or whatever. And so I think it's this simple stuff where like when people actually meet you, whether in person or on a Zoom or on your Instagram live or whatever, that they feel like they already kind of know Mm -hmm. you because you're Mm -hmm. showing up as, I don't know, your real self. Right, right. (laughs) That's all part of it. It's such a strange thing, I think, when people get to know like the people behind the brands or the, yeah. the companies or the products or the services that they love. And I think it's important for you know brands to to have that and to sort of shine through the people that are there. My business partner and I have been sort of in the middle of everything that we've done. Like our community knows who we are. I mean, we've we've shown our faces. We're both very prominent on social media and very active there. And we communicate all the time, you know, with our community in Facebook groups and on Instagram and wherever it is that they are in the current moment. We've been doing this for 10 years. So it's like, you know, I think back to the days before Instagram was a thing (laughs) and we were like engaging all over the place all the time. So people know us and they have gotten to know us or at least sort of like feel like they know us, even if it isn't, you know, in-person connection. Mm -hmm. And I definitely think that's important. I think the culture sort of, you know, starts with you and the the mission that you put Mm -hmm. out there, but then you kind of have to embody that also because people can tell if you're not authentic, just like you said, with the woman who you brought on um, that surprised you. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting how that can sometimes pan out very differently. And, and so, yeah, and people can tell if you're sincere. So I think that that's really important is to be really sincere about the message you're putting out there, because if you don't stand for it, people will see right through it. (laughs) Well, and I think it can, so yes, messaging, yes, how you show up, but then also like your actions matching are really important. So for instance, and I'll give you a really easy, tangible we from day one have always had a family first mentality. Like it's yes. a huge part of our culture. Like someone's sick, you're at the hospital. Out. So, someone's got a sick kid, they're home. Like it's a family always comes first. And so that for anyone that works with us, if there's a sick kid, like that, it's fine. Like we don't have any hesitation, but I also think when you have values that are so ingrained, then it also helps you show up for your people. So like when, I don't know, I've met some people who's again, tangible, they will charge for whatever they're producing, a program, a course, or whatever. And then something crazy will happen. And they'll email and say, hey, like, I just can't do this. Like, this thing came up. And I've seen other business owners be like, you signed a contract. It's a thing, blah, 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 blah. And you know what? Like, we try to be as understanding as possible. And it's I mean, it's hard sometimes. Sometimes it feels like a gray area. Sometimes it feels like an excuse and it's not a real thing. Like it's a lot of reading through the the lines. But when there's like a legitimate thing that pops up, we've had people that have invested like in a $2,000 program and then their dad died the next day. Like we, I like there's, there's been things that are so out of our control, but because of our culture, we try to mirror back to our customers the way we would want to be treated 
mm-hmm. ourselves. And I think that's when things can really shine through. And it's and it's hard when sometimes it's an attitude and you can't like you can't put it into words. Well, it's like, well, I'm a, you know, if it maybe, I don't know, it depends on the situation, you know. But yeah. if you if you hire based mm-hmm. on people that understand where you're coming from, they stand for who you are. And so we've definitely hired people in the past that we thought aligned and didn't. And like, and that's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> we've, we've certainly been there more times than, you know, I'd like to count. <laughs> um, and it's always really hard when you have sort of that, that just not fit in your universe because it sort of trickles down into, you yeah. start to realize it, it becomes kind of that like, it's sort of a cliche analogy, but it's kind of a poisoned well in a way. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important that, you know, you sort of figure out like, Ooh, this might not be a fit. Just, just like hold on to the ones that are, and then maybe not so much with the ones that aren't. I think that that it's funny because your culture sounds very similar to ours. We are also a very family first sort of community first, the way we approach everything. Mm -hmm. I know this year we had a teacher training on the books in Nicaragua. We fully refunded everybody. Mm -hmm. We also have our big summer camp event, which was coming up in August. And the same thing, you know, we offered people a variety of options. We're always about like, just treating our customers and our, our community really is how we see that as part of our family. And, you know, we're like, this is, it is a business, but it's also run by real humans. And we understand that human things come up and we just, yeah, we're always really good about that stuff um, mm-hmm. as well. So I, I totally was like, as you were talking about the workshop, I was like, yep, yep. <laughs> we're the same. We do the same yeah. thing. We don't ask questions. My business partner and I were actually family or cousins and um, like sisters, because neither of us ever had a sister. So we grew up that way. And it's funny because she and I always joke that our like community rappers, like if the way we approach customer service is really about the way that Nordstrom's might treat you when you go into their stores, mm-hmm. like no questions asked, return anything you need, you know, <laughs> and whether or not everybody's always honest, right. I think the experience they have with you is the most important thing. And to me, that's so far outweighs whatever the cost of the thing might have been. Mm-hmm. And it's not a perfect model, but I think for us, it's the model that works also. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely very aligned with what you guys do. I think. Yeah. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. And that's just one example, but I think the message I hope our listeners are hearing is that you get to decide the rules that your business lives by. Like if you want to be the person that's like no questions asked refunds or extended payment plans in the case of whatever need, right. Or offer scholarships or whatever. I feel like so many people are like, well, if, if this return policy is the policy that other people have, that's the one I should stick to, even though it feels yucky, or even though I wouldn't want to have those conversations. If someone came in my inbox, like you don't have to do that. Like you get to decide you are the boss. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the best. I think that's one of the best parts. I mean, there's so many <laughs> downsides too, right? Of being sure. the boss. But I think oh, that's yeah. one of the best parts. <laughs> Someone please tell me what to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, we joke about that like every other day. I'm always, and I, I also jokingly always quit like maybe yeah. once a month to my business partner. I'm like, I said, I quit. You know, yeah. she's like, no, <laughs> you can't. Sorry. But yeah, I think that's one of the really the nice upsides is you're right. You get to make the rules. And so you, you decide on the cancellation policy and you decide when you need to just make a human decision versus like a business decision. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important and it, you know, and that's your value and that's what you get to stick to. And it might not work. You know, my value might not work for another company, right. but I have to just kind of stick to my guns on it and make sure that I feel comfortable with everything that we're putting out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's kind of a nice thing about being in charge. (laughs) Well, I think the biggest challenge though, with all of it is because of the kind of human I am and because Mm -hmm. of the kind of person I am in all areas of life, (laughs) mega, I, I have a really hard time with discipline or with or reprimanding or redirecting or however you want to word it from like a human resources perspective. And 
by far, that's been my biggest challenge as a leader. I have no problem inspiring, giving vision, like instilling things that are important to me into my team. But when something goes awry, I either like start to see their side a little (laughs) too quickly where I'm like, oh, I could see how that could slip through the cracks and like (sighs) let things slide that maybe shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Or I just get sad. And it's like, well, sad isn't really helpful. I'm like, they disappointed me instead of like feeling like, oh, I can take action. And we actually are having a guest on, I don't think we're even going to dive into it, but I took a training in the midst of the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, which is still going on for the record, you guys. like The resurgence. Sure. Okay. But I took a training from Latisse Hudson and she has a huge HR background. And I listened to it and was like, okay, I have like so much to learn about on the management side of like, you can have culture all day long, but like, I don't know, keeping documents about when people break your culture and like having discussions to document them and like, (sighs) no, we both suck at that, which is, which is why like, we just never like, we hardly ever have those conversations with our team. Cause I'm just, I'm the person who's like, I don't start to feel bad. I don't even get mad. I'm just like, this is so uncomfortable for me. I would just rather never talk to you again. <laughs> and so I don't have to have this conversation. Like we can just not, we're just, I'm going to skirt on out of this situation because I don't like it. Yeah. I feel all of that. I, I did not take the same HR workshop that you took. And it sounds like it was really powerful. And I also, um, a little bit different, I think my business partner and I also talk about this, I often will sort of, I take things too personally, I think yeah. because business, this business is very personal to me and it's, yes, it's, in, it's you know, it's like wrapped up my whole life. Yeah. Um, and I sometimes have to take, take a step back from that and realize like, I can't get, I, I think sad is the right word or disappointed yeah. and sort of carry that burden around or feel like there's somehow hurting just like personally me and I have to step back into the business lens and it takes me a little bit, but I often have to like have a conversation with my business partner first before I can like sort of step in and do something about it. Cause she often sort of helps me reframe how I'm thinking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's why I think it's really nice to work with somebody else because Mm -hmm. sometimes those checks and balances are like so necessary and, yeah, yeah. I mean, the amount of ledges Abby has talked me off of. <laughs> Emily takes a very extreme approach to things. It's I either do. all in or all out. All and in, like, all also, out. that's it. Also, I can never leave this partnership because I can't be on her bad side. So, like, <laughs> I am stuck for life or I will be doomed. So, yeah, I'm I, a very much you're dead to me kind of person. Like, I'm just, that's it. So, all that being said, I. <laughs> I do think, I know a lot of you don't have partners and I get it. And I, a lot of you have said, can I have a a business partner? That's not what we're saying. No, that's not what we're saying. But I do think it's important that you have someone in your life that you can have these conversations with, even if they don't work for you. Like it doesn't have to be an integrator or an HR specialist. It can be your spouse. It can be your biz bestie. It, It doesn't matter. But having, I mean, that's basically how my relationship with Emily started in the first place. It was like, I'm thinking about this, 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 I need like, let's talk through it. Mm -hmm. And before that it was my spouse. And I think he was a 
he was going to lose his mind. He was like, if I have to hear about one more thing, and it's funny because now he wants to know, and I'm like, I'm done talking about it. And he's like, but he talked about it all day. (laughs) But just having that checks and balance is so important. And I think what that conversation can look like, especially if they're not in the business, is like, A, have a pre-conversation before these conversations come up so that you can be like, okay, I want you to be my person so that when I am having a problem with a contractor or I am going through something in my business that you can like help me see through the emotions and see the facts. Because almost always as women business owners, the reason things go awry Mm -hmm. is because we're approaching it from an emotional perspective and if we had an X chromosome instead of a Y chromosome, this might not be an issue. The amount of emails that Brian has rewritten for me because he's so good at being like corporate level nice. And I do not know how to do that. And so yeah. I'm like, okay, this is my rough draft. And he was like, oh my God, let me fix all of this. It's been so helpful. Well, we had to come from, a, we came from a long way. Cause when I started, Emily didn't use subject lines, you guys. Who doesn't use subject lines in their email? I just, anyway, besides the point. So what, what does that look like for you when you approach your business partner and want to have a conversation, whether that be about something that's going on externally with messaging or internally with a team member, like what do you want to get out of that and how do you run it? Because I think it's really easy to waste time in a meeting and bitch in a meeting and like complain in a meeting. So how do you make it a productive conversation? What I usually do is I send her an email first of like my thoughts. And I usually tell her like, this is coming. I, I realize this is not what I'm actually going to respond with, but this is sort of where my head is at. And I know that I need to be like checked and I, I need to like figure out how to respond more appropriately. Can Mm -hmm. we talk? And then often she'll send me back like ideas for like how she might respond to it. And then we'll like talk on the phone and we'll like, and then I can sort of craft something. And I, I think we just sort of do it so that there isn't time wasted. And I find that like, for us, like an email, like a brain dump of like, this is like where I came off of this. She'll often come back to me and be like, you know, okay, let's like think about this differently. And like, let's message it this way. We just had a situation kind of recently where I felt really frustrated. It was somebody who we've worked with in the past and I felt like they were sort of taking advantage and whether they were or not, I just needed to realize like our core value is always like community first and sort of that, you know, no questions asked, like, let's just do it. And I had to kind of get talked off that ledge of feeling like this was like a personal thing or like that huge disappointment. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, and I think it just helped for us to like, I drafted my first reaction to it and just sent it because I needed to get it off my chest. And then her reaction back was like, okay, I see what you're saying, but like, here's how I would message it. Like, let's think about it differently. Mm -hmm. Is this, and she'll often say to me, like, is this the hill we want to die on? And I'm like, no. No, yeah. this is not the hill I want to die on. You're right. <laughs> like this right. does not matter. Like right. let's just move on. <laughs> right. So. I had a, a student actually reach out to me. She was so flustered and frustrated. She ended up DMing me on Facebook and she was like, I, I'm in this collaboration. They were going to come into my Facebook group and do this, this, and this. But then all of a sudden I got blocked from what they were doing over in this area. And like, all of a sudden they they started modeling my business on the side. And I felt like they had like a, a backend 
to like how I was running my business and they were literally copying it. But like, and anyway, she just went on for days about how crazy the situation was. And I had to remind her that I was like, okay, first of all, I know everyone hates it, but I'm just going to say it anyway, that typically when people are copying or people are quote, taking advantage, it's usually coming from a place of they actually really respect what you're doing. And the respect gets confused somewhere along the lines and they're, they're not actually respecting you, but that's where they're, they want to, I don't know. Having positive intent is really helpful. Emily would cancel you. Like, yeah. I'm like, before. I, I just don't believe anyone has positive intent hardly ever, <laughs> which is just like, not true. My shit. So there, I think there has to be a check and balance, but I think when any situation pops up, whether it's a copycat or someone just doing something sleazy, like, I think there has to be just a quick action. And like, if you take the emotion out of it, it doesn't have to affect you. Like it's just a super simple thing that popped up. We run a huge Facebook group. You guys trying to make sure that Facebook group does not get spammy is a lot of work. But we just started having these people come in who talk about cryptocurrency and like <laughs> trading schemes and stuff. And it, I was like, there may fully be, and I guarantee there is, there is probably someone who's actually teaching cryptocurrency in a really positive, amazing way that's helpful. But not but, in our group. <laughs> but 99% of the people who are doing this are running some sort of back-end scheme. Mm-hmm. So, like, instead of getting emotional about it and, like, trying to pick apart if they're a good person or not, it was just, like, we made a quick decision that if anyone talks about it, they're not allowed to be in our group anymore. And, like, I know it seems kind of like there's no heart in it, but, like, sometimes you just have to make decisions for the betterment of your business yeah, and the community, like, cause we're thinking community first. Uh, the last thing I want is someone to, I get an email that they just wasted $10,000 on something that we had nothing to do with, you know? And yeah. so I would go to war for that person if that happened to someone in our group. Oh, yeah. well, yes. But like, we have like, we have a Facebook groups for our community too. And we, yeah. we have guidelines that we have everyone, they have to adhere to, to enter yeah. the group. Yeah. And we're very like protective of those guidelines also. And I think you just have to make them and then you have to stand by them. And yep. the, we always say like, it's a slippery slope if we make an exception kind of yes. thing. And so we don't, and we often have people in our community will be like, can I just post this link? And we're like, uh, no, because there's no selling or promoting in here. Sorry. <laughs> you know it's like, even if we know the person and they're like my best buddy, I'm like, yeah. no, I'm sorry. Like if I happen. make an exception for you, then I have to make an exception for them. And it's like slippery slope. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, it's really important just to like have those rules, even if it feels like a little strange to do it. I think the more you stick with it again, it's like, align with the core value, stick with it and don't stray from it because the minute you do, then people sort of lose, I think a little bit of trust in you um, as a leader and also trust in you as, as what you're, you know, you're really saying authentically. Absolutely. I'm in this one Facebook group that I am just like, where's the leadership? Because I, I think, I think what ends up happening Because it all comes back to culture, right? Like how you make decisions, how you run your business, how you run your community, how you present yourself online. It's all very interconnected. And 
you know, someone could look at that from the outside looking in and be like, that's a massive Facebook group. It's got to be doing so much for their business. It has to be so helpful. Like the fact that they let people do X, Y, Z thing makes them grow faster. And I looked at it and I was just like, this is terrifying. <laughs> like the what is happening inside this group? It just feels like I'm watching someone take what could be a huge potential for their business and like put it on fire. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're just letting other people take over. I don't know. It's fascinating to me that people take different approaches to culture. And I realize that like, if you're trying to create community, you want your community to create the culture, but you as a leader have to show up and like guide and like demonstrate and have your values front and center. And I guess maybe as much as I say, we don't have one, apparently we really do. And I just, I'm just so used to living it that like, I don't need to say it every day or like have it on my wall or framed in a frame to like know what we're doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah, living it is a big part of it. We foster connection. It's a big part of what we do by when we're in studio, like in the yoga fitness studio in person, we take each other's classes. You'll see teachers yeah. and myself, the owner, I'm, I'm always in classes and not because I like have to be there or it's like, I'm trying to, you know, intimidate somebody. I want to be there. I'm part of the community. And I think that's sort of how you instill that in others. They're like, Oh, she's in my class all the time. So I should go take other people's classes and we should show up for each other. Yeah. And I think that just sort of, it starts that really nice, feeling of people sort of seeing what your values are, like you become that. And so living it is really important to like foster those deeper connections and, and make your core values really stand out in ways that aren't just messaging or like a page, as you said, like on your website, because I think it's important. And even when, now that we've moved all our classes online, the same thing applies. Like, you know, we're showing up, we take each other's classes, we shout each other out on our IG page, like, oh, that was an awesome flow. Or like, I'm really excited about what this person's playlist is. And, you know, we do that. And it's just like, it's not because I have to, or that anybody on my staff has to, it's because we're, that's like our culture and that's just what we do. And I think it's, it's cool because our students see that too. Our community sees that. And then they're like, oh, I want to be more active in this because what a great supportive community this is. Um, And that's just the culture that we've created. I love that. Well, let's go ahead and head into talk strategy to me. I know where there are some bullet points you wanted to make sure we covered. And so kind of recap what we talked about, but any specific action steps three to five that you think people could use or start to think about this week, this month to start integrating, or at least being a bit more aware about what their company culture could look like. Yeah. So I really think the first one is to establish, really, really establish what your core values are. And this might take some time Um, and often it takes some internal, you know, brainstorming and come together with your team and say like, you know, what are our core values? Write them down, map it out, and then hold yourself accountable with, you know, check-ins, whether those are internal audits or it's like a quarterly check, a report card, whatever it is that you can do to make sure that you're actually living up to those things and that they don't get sort of muddied in the day-to-day weeds of everything else that goes on in a business. Mm -hmm. The second one would be figuring out what kind of connections you want to make. And it depends on what your business is. But I think fostering connection with your team, your your employees, your staff, whomever, and also your clients, um, your community, whoever you're serving is really important. 
And I think figure out what that connection looks like. Is it, you know, a really high touch email? So say you sell products, is it a high touch email that comes back to check in and get feedback on whether or not they like the product? Or maybe it's like a recipe to go with, you know, whatever it is that you're selling, whatever that connection is, like foster that, be really like a stickler about it and have a process in place to make sure that those values are being communicated in every connection you make. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing, and I think we talked about this quite a bit, sort of more off the cuff, but I heard you got you ladies saying this also is be a good listener. I think about all the time as being an entrepreneur is that I'm always learning. I make so many mistakes. I'm growing every day and I have to always listen to know when it's time to sort of pivot, pause or recalibrate. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that everybody take the time to listen. I'm very much a like all in my hands in the business. Like I'm in it all the time and I'm accessible like to everybody, to my employees, to my community. And it's sort of like, there's no point in having people on your team. If you're not going to listen to them, there's no point in having like customers. If you don't care about them, (laughs) you need to listen to what they're saying. You need to listen to what the people you're working with are saying because often they're the ones that are going to identify if something's off and they're going to tell you how to grow. And so I think that's, yeah, those are my three big things. It's really like, listen really hard um, wherever they're talking to you. Make sure that you're really fostering and maintaining connection and having different sort of touch points to do that, depending on what your business is. And then of course, mapping out your actual core values so that they're everywhere and people really understand who you are and, and why you're here. Love that. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on today. I would love for you to let everyone know where they can keep hanging out with you and supporting your community, maybe joining and being a part of your community. Absolutely. So you can join us at flexandflow.org and there's all kinds of different ways to join, but it's a really great community. We have classes daily and a scholarship fund. So we're always, you know, asking, even if you don't want to join for movement, please join us for the fund. And personally, you can find me, well, at Flex and Flow on Instagram and then personally at Jamie Kingfit. And yeah, send me a DM or a follow. Yay, thanks for being here. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, ladies. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.